Welcome to the spring semester 2022. Of course, as you know, this is English 2000 interpreting literature. The general theme of this English 2000 course is slave narratives. The focus will be on traditional as well as non-traditional slave narratives. Or as you can see in the title on your syllabus, neo-slave narratives. And before I go any further, I just want to explain to you the major difference. Traditional slave narratives are written by actual ex-slaves. And they have taken place mainly during the 18th and 19th centuries in this country. A neo-slave narrative is something uh, after slavery, post-slavery. Uh, that is written not necessarily by an ex-slave, but by an author who wants to basically talk about issues and themes that are pretty much found in traditional slave narratives. So Uncle Tom's Children, for example, which is one of the works that I want you to read for this course. It was written by Richard Wright. Long after slavery was over in 1865, but in his novellas, you'll see where in talking about Jim Crowism in the South, post-slavery, Richard Wright touches on a lot of issues and themes that you could find in, say, Frederick Douglass's traditional narrative or Equiano's Travels, or Mary Prince. Okay, so a neo-slave narrative and a traditional slave narrative, they do have a lot of commonalities. In a traditional slave narrative, uh, you find uh, the author bringing in numerous examples of brutality. Okay, vicious brutality, especially when enacted upon the slaves themselves. Okay, so you have brutality. You have issues related to religion that are discussed. Rhetorical devices that are used in the argument against slavery. And when you read Frederick Douglass, when you read Equiano, you'll see that these two ex-slaves have a lot in common when you read their narratives. They're talking about abolition, the evils of slavery and why slavery should be abolished. They're talking about uh, numerous examples of brutality uh, perpetuated against the slaves by slave masters. They talk about religion and the importance of it. So there are some common characteristics of a traditional slave narrative, whereas the neo-slave narrative has a lot in common with those traditional slave narratives, but the differences are very clear. Neo-slave narratives are not always written by ex-slaves, and they're written post-slavery. They're not necessarily taking place during the time of slavery. 
And all you need to do is look at the novellas contained in Uncle Tom's Children by Richard Wright, who was a Harlem Renaissance writer. But in his particular work, there's a lot that will remind you of the earlier themes that you see in the traditional slave narratives. So, what are you doing for this particular course? And I recommend that you take a look at your syllabus as you listen to this audio. Note the works that I have chosen. The Classic Slave Narratives, the Norton Anthology of African American Literature, Uncle Tom's Children, which I just discussed, and the novel, The Third Life of Grange Copeland, which I think all of you will find fascinating. It's a very sad work, and that's the reason why I put it under the category of neo-slave narrative, because this work by Alice Walker, which was published in 1970, uh, reminds you of issues related to uh, slavery and racism. Even though slavery is over, you find that even in the 20th century, a lot of uh, blacks, particularly as sharecroppers during Jim Crow, had to still deal with conditions that were very, very reminiscent of slavery itself. The Third Life of Grange Copeland covers a lot of those issues. That's why I want you to take time to read it as a neo-slave narrative. Now, of course, the classic slave narratives anthology has numerous narratives in it that I want you to read. Traditional slave narratives by Equiano, Alada, Equiano, Frederick Douglass, Mary Prince. Please read those because by getting a grasp on the early slave narratives, you'll fully understand what this course is about. What is the course objective? This course is designed as an introduction to the study of slave and neo-slave narratives written in the 18th, 19th, and 20th centuries. And as I talked about earlier, your neo-slave narratives are mainly in the 20th century. Don't forget that. And there will be a general overview of history regarding slavery in the Jim Crow South. And there will be discussions uh, conducted via audio recordings, maybe even Zoom recordings, uh, where I will give you some background information on slavery in general and even more up-to-date issues in regards to uh, race in this country. So on that note, what I want you to note is this, that under the pages section on Canvas, is where you'll find a lot of supplemental materials that will help guide you on the assignments and give you background information on the history surrounding 
the individual text that I have assigned. So if you go to the pages section, I want you to look for the following things. Number one, the examples, paper examples of past papers that have been done. Take a look at those. Take a look at the instructions, the specific instructions that I have written out for the required three papers. Take a look at the MLA rules. And for this course, when you write each of these papers, you need to write those papers according to either the eighth or ninth edition of MLA. And under the pages section, I have incorporated a link to the Purdue OWL site that talks about in detail the rules and the formatting related to MLA papers. So make sure that you go to the pages section to get the supplemental background materials that you'll need to fully understand what to do for each assignment. Along the way, during the semester, I will post updated, updated uh, articles that may be of some interest to you. Uh, some updated materials that you may need to utilize when responding to a few of your forms, which is another major requirement for this course. And I'll talk about that in more detail later. But in a nutshell, this course is all about the study of traditional and non-traditional narratives, slave narratives, in the 18th, 19th, and 20th centuries. Now, as you look at your syllabus, I want you to note what you'll be graded on. There will be three papers. The first position paper is due February 11th. The first paper is six pages, has to be six pages in length. Now, you can give me more than that, but for position paper one, you need six complete pages, with the seventh page being your works cited page. The second paper will be the same required length, six pages. That's not due until March 18th. And then position paper three is the longest paper. And that will be at least eight pages. Give me at least eight pages, with the ninth page being the work cited page. The due date on that is April 25th. And what I want you to do is scan your, your syllabus. Note that I explain briefly what you need to do for the writing portfolio upload. By the end of this semester, and I think most of you have already done this, there's a required university writing portfolio upload that you need to do. And what you'll have to do for that is just take one of the three graded papers by the end of the semester 
and utilizing my comments, you'll revise that chosen paper. And after you have revised it, you will upload it via Canvas and Portfolium. And after you have uploaded it, you will answer some questions and uh, just give a general uh, self-analytic summary of what you gain from doing the, the paper itself and the revisions. Once you've done all that, I will make sure that you have uploaded the required document and I will grade you accordingly. So all you need to do for that 5%, which is what the university upload is worth, all you need to do is revise one of the three papers, make sure you upload it, and follow the instructions outlined on Portfolio. Once you have done that, you will receive 100. Okay, after that, you'll see that we're on a 10-point grading scale. And there's a course calendar, which outlines in detail, week by week, what you need to read. And let me just reiterate, as I emailed you on the very first day of this semester, this is an asynchronous course, meaning it's totally online. There will be no meetings in the classroom. But... I ask that you make yourselves available for any scheduled Zoom or WebEx meetings that I might set up throughout the semester. Now, technically, I cannot count you absent or, you know, pretty much take away any points if you are not able to participate in those scheduled meetings, but for right now, I'm going to strongly encourage you to be present on any of the scheduled dates of class meetings via Zoom. More than likely, what I will do is about a week out, send you a Zoom link for the scheduled meeting. And right now I'm looking at maybe setting up these meetings on either Wednesdays or Thursdays, around noon, maybe 1 o'clock. There will be a library session that I have scheduled for February 16th that I really, really encourage you to participate in because that library session will be giving you information on how to conduct research for a literary analysis paper. The librarian will give you a quick overview of how to access the various tools in Journal Library, how to access the research literary databases. And all of that is important because for each of the required papers, as you read through the syllabus, you'll see where I give you specific instructions on each of the position papers. For each of those papers, you need to do research, okay? Each position paper will be typed according to MLA format. 
and you should have at least two critics for the first two papers. Meaning for paper one, you need to incorporate two critical sources. For paper two, you need two critical sources. The last paper, the eight-page paper, you need to bring in three critical sources. This is on your syllabus. What do I mean by critical sources? I mean that you go to what we call academic peer-reviewed journals and find appropriate articles from legitimate scholars, articles, quotes from those articles that will help back up what you're trying to say in each of your papers. Okay? On that note, before I go any further talking about anything else on the syllabus, and particularly your discussion forms, which are worth 25%, I want to go into a little detail about what I expect for each position paper. Number one, each paper, whether it's a six-page paper or eight-page paper, each paper will be organized in the following way. You need to have a strong introductory paragraph. And within that introduction, you need to do the following. Briefly sum up the author's background. Just brief bio information on whoever the author is. Then within that same paragraph, briefly summarize the narrative that you chose. The last and most important thing that you'll do in the introduction is establish what we call the thesis statement. And let me make this clear. For each paper, you may utilize what we call the first-person narrative, meaning you may use I. Okay? So your thesis statement is very, very important because it's within the thesis statement, which is defined as the statement of purpose. It's the thesis statement that will outline point by point what is going to be discussed in your paper. So make sure that your thesis statements have specific points for discussion. Now, for more information on the types of things that you can talk about in a literary analysis, look at the literary terms list that I have placed under the pages section. 